Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in. This is the CEO's You Should Know podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Hartwell. Let's say hello to Greg Williams of AcroSure. Good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Last year at this time, not a lot of people in Pittsburgh were familiar with the name Aquashore. By getting the uh, stadium naming rights, then suddenly everybody was familiar with the name. But I don't get a sense that even today, Pittsburghers know a lot about your company. Help us. Well, so uh, the depth and breadth of what we do is one of the reasons why someone can't just in in three seconds pinpoint this, what we do. But it's financial services, broadly stated. But principally, if you look at it, it's insurance brokerage. It's uh, mortgage origination, it's cybersecurity, uh, it, things that a small to middle market business in terms of services that they uh, and needs that they have, it's those kinds of products and services that we provide. Uh, and again, if you said, uh, you know, put you know, a label on it, it's more insurance than it is anything else. Uh, but again, the, the, uh, the, the, the product and service offering is expanding, uh, intentionally expanding, going to continue to expand. And what sits atop all of this is besides the 15,000 colleagues we have uh, globally uh, in, a, in 16 different countries, most of it here in the United States, uh, is a technology platform that helps connect all of this. And so if you, again, put a moniker on it, it's a fintech business, uh, financial services and products that are delivered to businesses and people and individuals uh, again, through humans as well as technology. Well, I'm glad you said uh, Syntech because when I'm researching the company, I hear terms like innovative, A&I, Syntech, uh, transformative leader. Uh, but I don't get a sense of the human touch. How are you integrating with the community? Well, the uh, so if you think about uh, before we started investing in technology, uh, which uh, principally our big investment started in 2019, uh, but before that, we were an insurance brokerage that uh, had, I don't know, at that point in time, several thousand people that uh, served clients uh, kind of the way insurance brokerages have for 300 years. They're very relationship-oriented, people-to-people, person-to-person, however you want to say it, uh, was with the way that we transacted and traded and interacted and advised and counseled and so forth. And so 2019, we purposely said, look, uh, technology does have a place in terms of not replacing the human relationships, but making what we do more efficient and more proficient and bringing, uh, and bringing product and service solutions to our clients. So I'll give you one very quick example. So if you go to California, as an example, I know we're not talking about Pennsylvania, but go to California, there's 1,100 employee benefit plans that you can pick from if you're an employer or an employee in California. So there's no way to really comb 1,100 options and say to a, an employer for their employees is purchasing insurance for their employees, say, here's your best two or three options. There's 1,100. It's just too big. It's too vast to actually efficiently 
comb through and say, here's truly your best options. So through technology, uh, we comb through all 1,100 options in a matter of seconds, say here is based on your product design, what you're looking to pay, deductibles and things of that nature. Here's what uh, we can bring to you uh, as terms of truly your best options, combing the 1,100 through technology, combing the 1,100 and actually identifying the two or three best options for that employer or that employee. And so, again, taking the best of humans and machines, technology, and putting it together to, uh, to bring efficient, effective solutions to help people in ways they want to be helped. So do you think your innovation is setting you apart from other, other insurance carriers? Yeah, definitely. So if you look at uh, uh, you know, our, our tech you know, platform, so if you look at, again, this is why the, the product and service offering is expanding, is uh, you know, we have insight into our client base in terms of who they are, what they do, given their size and, uh, and geographic coverage and you know, lots of uh, attributes uh, beyond the two that I referenced. Uh, we know our clients have needs. You know, using insurance as an example, we have a lot of clients, millions of clients, that have insurance or buy insurance through us. Many of those, in fact, the majority of them, are business owners that, uh, in addition to you know, insurance, have cybersecurity needs. And so we were selling cyber, insur- cyber insurance and have been for years. In fact, it's our fastest-growing product line over the last several years, but when you really sit and, and look at it and step back from it, we're helping our clients, a business owner, mitigate risk through an insurance policy. So we're providing a financial solution to them, but we're actually doing nothing to help them prevent a bad cyber event from happening. So the whole idea here is let's bring a full solution to our clients. So not just cyber insurance, but also cyber cybersecurity and protect them from a bad cyber event from happening so they don't actually need the insurance or they can buy less insurance or buy insurance at the right price because they have a very secure system in place in terms of cybersecurity. So those are the things that we, we, we step back and do. And for all those reasons, Johnny, we are very different. And we offer a very different uh, set of product and services than, say, just your standard insurance broker, as an example. So technology, I think uh, the control of the business. Uh, I mean, we're a big company, but uh, we're 72% owned by the employees that work in the business every day. And so we do kind of control what we do, the product and service offering, as well as how we, we roll that out. Uh, and uh, yes, we have investors, but those investors really don't control what we do. It is controlled by the people who work in the business every day. And it gives us a uh, some flexibility in terms of a product and service offering that our other uh, competitors don't have as well. So the technology is part of that, but uh, you know all of these other factors play a role as well. Here's a global company that skyrocketed in just a short period of time. Uh, you have a presence in uh, in New York and Southern California and Chicago. What does that mean for Pittsburgh? Well, I think uh, if you look at uh, 15,000 employees uh, across the globe in 16 countries, uh, about 1,100 of those, so a decent amount uh, of, in terms of percentage, is in Pennsylvania, not just Pittsburgh, but Pennsylvania. We have uh, 60 offices, 1,100 employees, and over 100,000 clients in and around Pennsylvania, uh, or I should say in Pennsylvania. So in terms of a marketplace, and I won't say Pittsburgh just as in Pittsburgh, but Pennsylvania, it's actually an important state to us. And so when you look at that, and then you counter that with uh, historical uh, passion and love I have for the Steelers, 
and all of the things that are associated uh, that go back to when I was, uh, you know, pre-teens, um, this was an opportunity to really fulfill a business purpose as well as a, a personal passion uh, that's been part of my life. Uh, the combination was just too good to pass up, and obviously, uh, in doing what we've done, it's uh, and, and something I said at the press conference uh, when, when this was announced, and people probably haven't got a sense for this just yet, but they will. Uh, once we're involved in something, we're not uh, we're not uh, casual about our interest. This is going to be very intentional, very purposeful. The passion's real, and uh, we're going to make some uh, meaningful contributions over and above what we've done with the Steelers. We're going to be doing some things that are very meaningful that are yet to be announced, but will be announced uh, in a in the near term as it relates to things that we're doing in the community as well. So it is something. Uh, in terms of us being involved, hopefully people are happy about it, uh, but if they're not, they, they soon will be, I believe. All right, so Pittsburgh, if if you, I, I've lived here all my life, and if there's one word that would describe Pittsburgh is is pride. We're very proud of our community, and I think it's a great uh, partnership, especially a company that's very innovative. Pittsburgh, we seem like a very provincial town, but we have innovation like George Westinghouse and Mellon and Carnegie and all of those. This is a perfect match, but also this is the birthplace of professional football. <laughs> and coming into that atmosphere, what was that like? And what was your discovery of the partnership with Steelers in Pittsburgh? Well, first of all, uh, the passion that's associated with the uh, the Steelers and the brand, and uh, you know, it, first of all, it's not just in Pittsburgh, and you see it when you go to an away game. Uh, we had the uh, the opportunity to go to a, a few away games this year, and when you see twenty percent of, of a of an NFL stadium that's not in Pittsburgh filled with Pittsburgh fans, it tells you all that you need to know about the passion of the fan base and. And so for, for that reason, we knew what we were getting into as it relates to how passionate. It's one of the things that we uh, think culturally align very nicely with us. I mean, if you look at you know our business, we've gone from $38 million of revenue to $4 billion of revenue in nine years. Um, you, know, you don't do that with high level, without high levels of commitment and conviction and passion about what you're doing and belief in what you're doing and, frankly, winning. And so when you look at those attributes – you know, I just described the Steelers and the fan base and uh, and all the things that they represent, um, you know, just in a different industry, you know, NFL and and uh, and uh, professional sports. And so uh, we knew what we were getting kind of aligned with and married to and uh, couldn't have been more proud and more pleased to do it. In terms of what surprised us, uh, I don't know that anything really did other than it was validating. If I had to say in a word, the commitment to win as we got to know the Steelers organization and the people that, uh, that run the team. Um, first of all, high ca caliber, high quality people. Um, but uh, their passion about winning is something that mirrors ours. And it just couldn't be, uh, I mean, it really, it's one of those, when I talk about it, it's tough not to smile and, uh, and the pride uh, come out just because uh, it is something that we're so uh, aligned with and believe in, and uh, and frankly, we're uh, you know adopted Pittsburghers to the extent we can be or considered to be, 
uh, we, we just we view the world the same way. And, and again, winning is at the top of that list. All right. I want to know, how did this happen? What was the process? I don't know what it's like to ask, uh, you know, to, um, to get the naming rights for a stadium. Did you approach the Steelers? Did the Steelers approach you? What was how did that all happen? Yeah, so a quick story uh, that, I'll, that I'll make as brief as I can is that uh, we literally had an executive team meeting, and uh, uh, we were in Chicago that day. I had an executive team meeting, so I got my executive team in from all over the globe. Uh, we spent uh, the better part of 12 hours going through lots of things, as we always do. But that day, in particularly that day, we spent a little over an hour and a half, 90 minutes, talking about we really need to start doing some brand building. We really need to start creating some awareness about what Acresure is and what do we do and all those things. Because up until that point in our history, we hadn't spent a dollar or really a minute doing any of that. And so the day ends. I'm going to the airport. My phone rings. It's Thomas Tall saying, hey, Greg, uh, I'd love to talk to you about, uh, and I don't know if you have any interest and uh, in doing you know something with the Steelers in terms of a naming rights opportunity, but they're looking at all options and alternatives. Would you have an interest? And I said, Thomas, you're not going to believe it. Literally today, we spent 90 minutes talking about this. Now, an NFL stadium was not on the list of things we were thinking <laughs> about, but you just trumped everything that we uh, that we had on our list. And so, you know, is this real? And he said, Yes, it's real. If you want to jump into it, and so Thomas and I had a brief conversation. I jumped on an airplane, flew back to uh, East Lansing, where I live, about a 30-minute flight, uh, told Thomas, uh, reiterated my interest when I landed 30 minutes later, and uh, 10 minutes later, Thomas co- connected uh, me to Art Rooney, and uh, Art and I had a 20-minute conversation, and with really, literally within days, we got a deal done, and so the whole thing was fortuitous, the timing, it was so uncanny and ironic, um, you, you could say stars aligned if you believe in things like that, but it really was uh, kind of a cool thing. I mean, where we at that moment in time decided to do something very public and, and big, Thomas called me literally that day, and then Art and I talked literally that same day as well. In a span of two or three hours, this all— a couple hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right, and so what's the results? Once you had the naming rights, how did that work out uh, for the first year? For Acrisure, well, it was uh, a, a fantastic year in terms of uh, you know what, what's not uh, understood is even inside our company, the fact that we had uh, you know we started creating spending time and money, creating some awareness of the brand, and attaching ourselves to an NFL team, an iconic brand, the Steelers. And whether you're a Steelers fan or not, everybody understands and respects. Hey, look, this is an iconic brand. And, uh, and there's, there's respect for what the Steelers represent and how well the organization's thought of and so forth. And so even in our own system, uh, people are like, hey, this is game-changing. And what it's done inside the company is uh, we've got people who now who have been, from the time that we did a deal with them and we acquired their company, they've operated under their brand. Well, because now the Acrisure brand's been elevated so much, in part because of the relationship with the Steelers, we've got people wanting to adopt the Acrisure brand as the way that they operate their business and change and, and really jettison their brand and now pick up the Acrisure brand. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Because it's tied to something uh, as formidable as uh, as the Steelers, so it's changed the company from the inside. On the outside, if you look at uh, what we've done uh, again between media spend and the Steelers, you know, we're getting about 110 to 150 thousand visits to our website per week, where before the Steelers that was about 20 thousand per week. So we're up sevenfold uh, per week in terms of weekly visits. And that's not just the Steelers. That's some of that, some, some media spend that we've done. Uh, but through the combination, uh, it's created a, a definite awareness about who we are, what we do, uh, educating the, the consumer. And that consumer is going to acresure.com and inquiring about insurance quotes and so forth. And we've written tens of thousands of policies as a result of all of this. And so it has definitely elevated the company and been something very good for us. And again, tying it back to the Steelers, uh, just the caliber of people, uh, it, it, they, you know, they, what you see is what you get. They are just phenomenal people. They have done everything they can to help us in terms of being embraced in Pittsburgh and frankly, be embraced outside of Pittsburgh and in their ecosystem influence in, in areas of influence that they have introducing us to those as well. So the relationship, uh, hopefully they would say the same thing. I'm confident they would say the same thing. Uh, but for us, it's just been, if you set a scale of one to 10, it's off the charts. It's, uh, you know, it's 11 plus. So uh, we, we couldn't be more pleased. And uh, my only thing is we, we now have 15 or 14 years left in, uh, in a 15 year deal. So, uh, you know, just trying to find ways we can extend it because uh, I don't have 14 years to uh, to come and go too soon here. All right. You made a big splash in 2022. What are you going to do to top that in 2023? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, we as a company, that's a, that's a great question, Johnny. And, and I probably should have a better answer than I do um, other than it's more of the same in terms of growth. You know, it's a company that probably goes from four billion to close to five billion by the end of the year. Uh, it's more of the same as in terms of uh, leaning into the relationships that matter, like the Steelers, uh, creating some more awareness in the marketplace and the consumer marketplace, more broadly speaking, uh, not just in the United States but globally as well. And so, it's more of the same in terms of the things that uh, that we've committed to and lean in on. Uh, but in Pittsburgh, there again, there will be some things that uh, get released. Uh, here in the next few months that people hear about that I think uh, they'll uh, they'll be pleased to hear that we've uh, what we said we were going to do we've done and uh, and again that's more of that will come out in the in the next few months come on you can tell us you can tell us Greg. <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I would but I'd have a few people mad at me so <laughs> and, and that, that doesn't bother me a bit Greg not at all all right so tell me about Greg Williams how did you get to where you are today 
well, this is the least interesting part of the story, but uh, uh, you know what? I have a financial background. I worked in the 80s. I worked in the banking industry and uh, had a great job at, a, at the 32nd largest bank in the country. Uh, as a young person, I had some responsibility, some profit and loss, some P&L responsibility that I learned a ton about what that means, managing a business, uh, even though it was part of a big company. Uh, but what it didn't, uh, you know, what wasn't getting served there is I had this entrepreneurial itch that I needed to scratch. And so in 1990, I started a telecom, uh, a business that, uh, you know, quickly uh, grew. Uh, and in 1990, I started it. I sold it in 1993. Uh, found myself in a place I could pick and choose what I wanted to do. So I started an investment banking company. And from 1993 to 2005, I uh, was doing that and had no intention of ever changing. It was a, a great life, and I was enjoying uh, my life and, and what it uh, allowed me to do. Uh, then I got introduced to a, a friend who's an insurance broker here in Michigan who said, Greg, we, you know how to raise money. I'm an insurance broker. Let's get together and build uh, an insurance brokerage. And I thought it was the world's worst idea when I first heard it. Uh, but once I got into it, uh, decided, you know what, there is an opportunity for us to do something that's differentiating that's of, of size and scale. I did think there was a better way to go build a business that was going to be very friendly to entrepreneurs, friendly to the employees that uh, that they uh, that they had uh, that helped them build their business, and, uh, and and largely by doing mergers and acquisitions, but doing it in a way where there's no displacement of people. There's not buy a company and lay them off. You know, rebrand. Uh, get rid of the owners and the and the entrepreneurs that built the business. It's the opposite. Embrace the brand, embrace the entrepreneur, embrace the cultures that uh, that would had uh, allowed those businesses to grow and prosper. And uh, and for all those things that just should you know, did make sense, that actually did differentiate us from kind of the model that others had used to build businesses in the insurance brokerage space. And so uh, it's one of those rare occasions that what made sense differentiated us. And that doesn't, you don't find that in investment opportunity very often. And so we started uh, buying insurance brokerages around the Midwest, Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois in particular. And in, uh, that was 2005. In 2013, decided to build a national company. And uh, and again, now it's a global business in 16 countries. And so it's uh, it's been a fascinating ride. Um, I really don't consider myself an insurance uh, person. I'm a, a business person. And, uh, and a builder of businesses uh, and, uh, and look for interesting opportunities to find that, uh, that we can uh, staple to our business and the platform that we have and the foundation we have to keep doing great things for clients. And so that's kind of my story and, you know, too many years of, uh, of, of building uh, something that, uh, that I think is differentiated, but I think our growth uh, substantiates that uh, we're doing some some of the right things. So when did you adopt the high-tech human approach to insurance ethos? Was that fairly early? Yep, yeah, no, it's fair. Is it uh, 2018, uh, we spent a lot of time and a lot of money on data analytics. And uh, in 2017 and 18, I should say, uh, created a, a proprietary-based platform that allowed us to understand our business and our clients in a significantly different way. Um, and then the, the thing that uh, while, while that was transformational inside the company, what uh, became obvious is that it uh, it didn't go far enough. Is it, it, there was no artificial intelligence. There was no predictive modeling. There was no, there was data and information, but there was no using that information 
and machine learning and all that you can get with from the compounding of machine learning and AI and, and having technology come back and say, you know, you view the world one way, but through predictive modeling and algorithmic uh, you know, calculations and the like, and understanding of, of the universe of, of, of data and information in businesses. I mean, if you look at it right now, the, the, the data that we have about um, the marketplace is unbelievably large and vast. And when I say that, every business in America that has employees, we have on average a thousand attributes of information about every business in America. Uh, 200 million people. We have uh, over 500 attributes of, of information, about 200 million people. So the, the needs of the marketplace and the likelihood uh, of people being interested in certain products, we know what that is. And so really has nothing to do with insurance brokerage in some regards. That's one of our products and, and tools, if you will, and one of our solutions that we bring to the, to the marketplace. But we also now understand who needs a mortgage who's interested in having a mortgage alternative put in front of them through a technology platform, not just a human. Uh, and, and again, the best of the, the, the right answer is to have the best of both. Have a distribution platform through people, but also have an opportunity to source and identify opportunities through technology. Put those two things together. That's where you've got uh, the, the opportunity to do things that others just can't do. Humans can't do it by themselves. The machines can't do it by themselves either. So that combination in 2019, we started heavily investing in. It's when I met Thomas Tall. Uh, Thomas and uh, the firm that he had that was doing heavy uh, artificial intelligence. They've already transformed through legendary entertainment. They already transformed the, uh, the, uh, the Hollywood and the, the movie industry and how they marketed movies as an example. And so what they did applied to, to us and insurance. And so that's where Thomas and I said, look, we've got to test this thesis. So we, we formed a joint venture uh, called it Altway Insurance. Thomas and Tolko own 50%. We own 50%. Uh, we had to build the technology platform, spent six months building it. And this is during COVID. We rolled out through life insurance and voluntary benefits. So think of that cancer policy as an example. That was the product, but through COVID, that company grew 10% or greater per week for 24 straight weeks. And that's when we said, okay, this does work, but the lessons learned is technology will get you identify opportunities and source opportunities, but you ultimately need people to transact. And so people still want to talk to a human in more cases than not. They still want to talk to a human about buying or interacting with a financial product like insurance. And so we had this big distribution channel, 15,000 people as we sit here today. Technology adding to that just makes those 15,000 people better, more efficient, more proficient at what they do. And yet uh, the technology is expanding their audience. And so 18, we identified, 17 and 18, we identified the need and started investing in it. 19, we got heavily invested in it with Thomas and, and Tolko and then rolled it out to our folks in 20. And, uh, and, and now here we are in 23, it's, uh, it's transformed, technology's transformed what we're doing and how we're bringing solutions, financial solutions to the marketplace. Okay, talk about solutions and the technological platforms. How does that help the end user, the customer, that business that is, is investing into that, that, that health insurance? How does it help that yeah. person? Well, first of all, it helps us uh, advise them. So using that example, the 1,100 plans uh, that are available, we can actually and absolutely say these are the three best options for you. 
and it's based on factual data looking at 1,100 options. If that's humans with no technology involved, you're really teeing up the three options that you know the best, not necessarily that your client needs. And so it's helping us understand and really truly bring to them the solutions they're looking for uh, at scale, as an example. And so the other thing is you, you look at it, we measure these kinds of sentiment all the time. Uh, we just did a survey, a national survey uh, here recently that uh, we just uh, uh, concluded a couple months ago. And in part, the surveying was of small business owners, so people that look like our clients, that weren't our clients, but they look like our clients. We went in and asked them a series of questions, but one of the questions was, do you see yourself buying insurance through a technology platform in the future? 77% of them said, yes, they do. Now, if you look at how they're buying insurance today, virtually none of them are buying insurance just through a technology platform. They are, in fact, using a person and using the counsel advice that a, that a person you know, brings them, uh, the trusted advisor, if you think of it, a trusted advisor to help them make a financial decision in terms of buying an insurance policy. Uh, I don't know whether our clients uh, or our prospects that are in the marketplace are going to next year or two years from now or three years from now use technology to buy insurance, but can I afford... And can we afford as a company to ignore that sentiment that three years, five years, seven years from now, they in fact aren't going to use or want to use technology. So it's really meeting the client, our prospects and clients, where they want to be met. If they want to use a digital platform to buy a product, we're going to provide it. If they want to use a human and interact with a human, we're going to provide it. So it's anticipating the needs of the, of the, uh, the marketplace and making sure we in fact can fulfill those needs and deliver those products again, whether it's digitally or through a human or both. That's what uh, what we're spending time, you know, de delivering in terms of solutions to the marketplace. And so it's anticipating, kind of being three steps ahead of what our clients want. We're listening to what they're saying. Again, we're serving not what they need right now necessarily, but what do they want in the future? And then going and building those solutions so that in the future they have them. That makes sense. Okay, I get it now. Let me ask you about your altruistic endeavors. What kind of charities or nonprofits or foundations are you involved in? Uh, well, personally, we do, uh, you know, my wife and I support a number of, and, uh, and uh, you know, some of it's out there public. The vast majority of what we've done is, is not, uh, which is uh, stylistically uh, kind of, I think, the right way to do this. As a company, it's, uh, you know, again, we've, uh, we've done, uh, you know, in Michigan, uh, we did the, you know, we did a $15 million donation to the Children's Hospital in, in Grand Rapids. Uh, we've done a lot of other things. Again, the vast majority of it's not public. Um, that happened to be big enough that, uh, you know, the, the, the Children's Hospital in Grand Rapids wanted to, to be very public about that. And so, uh, so we acquiesced to so something of that, uh, you know, kind of that scale being out there, and, uh, and, and frankly, hopefully, what it does, it incents others to do the more of the same. And so it's not just, hey, we contributed that because it's something we're passionate about. We are. But we hope it incents others to kind of jump in with us and, uh, and help uh, some very meaningful causes and, uh, and people that are doing really good deeds, uh, doing things that we can't do because they got talent and, and expertise and intellectual abilities that we don't. But we want to uh, absolutely help them with the passion that they have. And so um, that will get played out in Pittsburgh. 
Again, some of it's already happened, just people haven't, they don't know about it. Some of it will become public, uh, as I referenced earlier. And and uh, again, we're, uh, we're excited to support those things because we're passionate about it. Uh, we think a company our size and scale, frankly, should be doing things like that. And if it incents others to kind of jump in and, and do the same, uh, all the better. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about AquaShore, the introduction to AquaShore to Pittsburgh, uh, your uh, how you became CEO and and your um, participation with nonprofits. But now that I only have about a minute left, I'm going to ask the really tough questions. And All the right. t- number one question is: Are you a Steeler fan? <laughs> yes, <laughs> lifetime Steeler fan. Live? <laughs> is that true? Uh, uh, you, did you grow up uh, a Steeler fan? Yeah, I grew up a Steeler fan. So if you think of uh, you know, the 74-75 season when they won the first Super Bowl. I was uh, born in 61, so I was 13, 14 years old. Uh, back in those days, you know, it's pre-ESPN and all of that, so dating, you know, myself for those that uh, are 61 years old or, or older. And and, uh, and so, I mean, the Steelers were on. Uh, I love the brand of football, the defense, the toughness, you know, the grit uh, and all that. And so I, so I was a fan Back in uh, you know, literally 12, 13 years old, you know, going back, uh, I mean, literally you go back to I think seventy two when they, uh, I think drafted Franco and the, the immaculate reception I think was seventy two, and so really going to eleven years old um, was a fan you know at, at that age, and so uh, true story that you know most people don't know, uh, so when I began, you know got out of high school and. You know, going to college and, you know, odd jobs and so forth. Uh, I've been married for 40 years. I married my high school sweetheart. So she was a Steeler fan. And so we'd go and try and go watch Steeler games in Pittsburgh, but we couldn't get tickets. I mean, there was no StubHub. There was no, I mean, you couldn't get tickets. So we'd go to Pitt, or we'd go to Cincinnati. We went as far away as San Diego. We bought tickets in other stadiums. We traveled to Steeler away games. So we could go watch games. And so we've been going to Steeler games since I was in my early 20s. Just none of them in Pittsburgh because we couldn't get tickets. Um, and so so truly a lifetime Steeler fan. So what you're saying is uh, you, you bought the naming rights to get tickets? <laughs> no, I didn't because got, I've got investors and, and colleagues. I don't want them to think that we did it just because I'm a, a passionate <laughs> Steeler fan. Uh, there was a business reason that we did that, but it just so happened to be a Steeler fan, and the, the two all come together very nicely. You made a uh, a very large, substantial investment into the team for a number of years. Uh, do you get to say uh, you get a, a say so in wh- who they draft in the, on draft day? No, th- thankfully, uh, Art <laughs> and Omar and. Uh, Coach Tomlin and all that—they definitely will not be listening to me as it relates to that. I have a you know opinion, just like everybody else in Pittsburgh has an opinion of of who they should draft, but uh, but they definitely should not be listening to me as it relates to that. So so no, no say, and they, and they shouldn't listen to me even if I thought I had one. So <clears throat> well, all good. I mean, it's 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 the fun part of it is you do get a little bit closer to an NFL team that uh, that you you now have you know a business connection to. It just makes the whole thing much th- that much more fun and exciting. You know, you're very eloquent, but you're also very endearing. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate your time.
Oh, Johnny, thank you. Enjoyed it. Anytime. Thank you. This has been the CEO You Should Know podcast, showcasing businesses that are driving our regional economy. Part of iHeartMedia's commitment to the communities we serve. I'm Johnny Hartwell. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.